Good morning. Yesterday, or not yesterday, um, two days ago, we were thinking about the open door for the martyred Stephen when Jesus was standing to receive him. And I trust that that was a great encouragement uh, to those who love the Lord. And I was just praying this morning and asking the Lord what he wants me to say for today. And I was thinking about another open door. In the book of Revelation in chapter 4, I expect a lot of people think to themselves, well, Revelation is probably the most difficult book to understand. Well, I remember someone saying many years ago, how can a revelation be difficult to understand? And of course it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's divided into three parts really. For those of you that want to read it and think about it. And the divisions are made for us in chapter 1 and verse 19. The things that you have seen. Speaking of course to the Apostle John to whom the revelation was given. When he was uh, in exile on the Isle of Patmos. The things that you have seen, that's chapter 1. And the things that are, that's chapters 2 and 3, and that is the church age, the age that we're in just now, and the, the various aspects of that church, ending with the church of Laodicea, which was a spurious and, um, what shall we say, a very mixed condition of things, and I believe that that's the condition we're in now. And then, from chapter 4, to the end of the book, the things that will be hereafter. And the lovely thing is in chapter 4, the beginning of the chapter, at the end, if you like, of the period in which we're living now, the, the day of God's grace, there comes this opened door. And John sees and hears a voice and there is an open door and the voice is, Come up hither. And I believe that that is the rapture of those who believe on the Lord Jesus. Those, the members of the church, will all be raptured. Confirmation of what other scriptures tell us about in the New Testament scriptures. So here we have an open door. And the church is called up. Come up hither. There's the sound of a trumpet. And of course, that's a confirmation too of other scriptures. And the wonderful thing this morning for, the, for us believers is this. That the next thing that is going to happen, as far as we're concerned, is that Jesus is coming again. What a confirmation of our faith. What a wonderful prospect for our souls. What a a blessed experience that will be when we shall see the Lord and when we shall be reunited with those that have gone before. And as we've thought about previously, there's going to be an eternal togetherness with the Lord and with all those whom we've loved and those that we've never known. We shall know even as we are known in that coming day. But I was thinking of an expression that's often used 
We know not what the future holds. But, child of God, this morning, we know the one who holds the future. And the future is all in God's purposes and all in God's plans. As far as you and I are concerned, we must not boast of tomorrow, the book of Proverbs says. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We don't know what the future holds in the sense of day-to-day experience. But the great thing is that we can put our hand into the hand of our God and we can trust him for every moment of every day until the day when we see our Saviour face to face. But that chapter 4, and we might think about these things perhaps in the next few messages, is the beginning of heaven in the sense of uh, our experience of it. And chapter 4 brings us into the presence of one who has uh, a rainbow-encircled throne. The rainbow, of course, speaks of promise, God's promise not to judge the world again with a flood. Didn't say that he wasn't going to judge the world, he will. And that judgment, we believe, is not too far away. But he's never going to judge it with a flood again. That is a universal flood, of course. And there in that chapter, we see a rainbow-encircled throne. But not just a rainbow-encircled throne. We see the one who occupies that throne in all his glory and majesty and power. God. But not just that. We see also, as we progress, we see a lamb in the midst of the throne, in all the freshness of his sacrificial death, the Lord Jesus. And in chapter 5, we find him as the one who takes the title deeds of this earth, which, of course, are his. Not only are they his because he created it, God's executor in the creation of the universe. But not only that, but he redeemed it by his blood. He paid a price that not only redeemed sinners, but redeemed the earth and dealt with the matter of sin in God's universe. And we find in that chapter 5, if you take the time to read it, the praise and the worship and the adoration that is attributed and presented and sung with myriads of uh, redeemed hearts to the one who died on Calvary. Child of God, the best is yet to be. We might not know what's going to happen today and tomorrow, but we know what's going to happen in the future because the one in whom we put our trust in his hands is the future and our future, and we can trust him implicitly. Some of you dear ones this morning already have uh, loved ones in the presence of God right now, awaiting that day when their bodies will be raised from from the grave and reunited with their spirits and souls and 
together with those of us who are remaining when the Lord comes, together we shall meet the Lord in the air and we shall forever be with him. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. May the word of God touch every heart. And those of you who don't know the Saviour, just think this morning of the wonderful blessings there are in receiving Christ as your Saviour and Lord, repenting of your sins, and knowing the joy of these blessed things. May God bless his word to you today.